Good evening and Merry Christmas to all of you this night. So let me begin by talking about something that happened quite a while ago to me. Years ago, you see, I found myself one evening in an unfamiliar town. Dusk was settling and I was completely lost. I wandered around for a, a long time trying to get my bearings and figure out exactly where I was. After a while, however, all I could find was a street corner sign. You know one of those that's a map? And, you, and I walked up to it and there it was and it had a big yellow circle with an X and under it it said, you are here. But someone had gotten cute with a sharpie and in front of the word you, they had written the word why. And arrows invited you to inverse or reverse the you and the are, effectively changing it to the question, why are you here? <laughs> of course, at, at the time, my answer was, well, I'm here because I'm lost, and I'm trying to figure out where the heck I am. Eventually, I did figure things out, and I found my destination, but that simple altered question remained with me. Why am I here? It's a question with, of course, many levels. There's the simple level of task. What am I doing? Then there's the more complex level of purpose. Why am I doing this particular thing? And even more complex is the level of value. What does the fact that I am here doing this particular thing say about what I value and how I am living this one precious life I have been given? In our Christian context, we ask, how does our presence in this place show us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Or how does it detract from my experience as one who is following Jesus? And the truth is that where we are and what we do, we do for multiple reasons on many levels. And tonight is no different. So why are you here? Some of you may be here because you're humoring a loved one. <laughs> Some of you are here because you love to hear this beautiful choir. Maybe it's because it's a traditional thing to do on this night. Maybe you were invited by a friend and you didn't have anything else better to do, so you just went along. Or maybe you're one of those very curious kinds of fellows who wonders why it is that Episcopalians do these weird and strange things we do. Maybe a friend of yours is in the choir, or maybe you happen to be related to one of the clergy, and that's sort of obligatory for you. Maybe you love large crowds and struggling to find a parking place or even a place to sit down. Maybe, though, you like communion. Maybe there's something about tonight and these songs and uh, what we do that just warms your heart and you show up. There are a thousand reasons why all of us are here this night. Beyond all of these reasons, which are complex enough, I hope that you found your way to this beautiful cathedral tonight and to this Christmas Eve service, because you want once again to hear this amazing story 
of the birth of a Savior, perhaps at least just for tonight, we can believe again that what is broken can be made whole. There were shepherds, and they were just shepherding in their fields, living their lives, and unexpectedly came an angel of God who spoke to them of all people and said, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus was born into a very broken world, a world very much in need of being made whole. And he, like everyone else, often found himself confronted by the brokenness around him. I believe that what fueled most of his vision and most of his teaching and most of his preaching was a deep desire to invite people to live with God as their king, their Lord, their life guide, and not to live as if there's some human in charge. Jesus stood in the middle of life and he pointed to how life might be if we followed God's agenda and not our own. He gave us a formula on how to mend this broken world of ours. The world of Jesus contained a lot of human pain and suffering. It was a world where tomorrow was not much counted on. It was a world where angels were not expected to appear to lowly shepherds and where commonplace, ordinary, regular folk didn't count for much. It was a world, I must say, that seems very much like our own at times. Jesus was born, however, into a Jewish culture that believed that God was the creator of the universe and that the universe had been created good. This is the notion that led Jesus to believe that whatever is broken today can one day be healed. There is much in our world that's broken right now, politically, locally, and worldwide. Human suffering continues around the globe in our, in our towns and in our cities. Yet we who follow Jesus continue to believe that what is broken will one day be made whole. We believe that peace on earth is a real possibility because we have experienced that peace just occasionally and perhaps only partially. More often, I think we are aware of how broken the world is. We see the devastation of war. We see and encounter the suffering of those who are homeless or who aren't sure where their next meal is coming from. We have our own brokenness, even if those aren't the ones that trouble us. We live in broken homes, broken bodies, broken relationships. And I, think, I like to think that these places of brokenness are kind of like a cliff edge. Now, hang with me for a moment here, because this is where it gets a little strange. See, being on a cliff edge is kind of a scary place. It holds a lot of danger and the potential of falling and further brokenness. One of the truths that I've been wrestling with this year has to do with those cliff edges. 
You see, it's always been difficult for me to see someone else on the edge of a drop-off. My kids learned this very early. They would go to the mall, and they would go to the edge, and they'd hang over the edge, and they'd go, hey, Dad, look. Children, they're like that. Most of the time, what I want to do is pull people back from the ledge that they're on so they don't accidentally fall off. But I'm learning that edges and ledges are places of value. They're a place to be for a time. And there is value in exploring that landscape, however difficult and challenging it may be. Times of difficulty and suffering are places to learn from, and they help us to grow in love and understanding. I sometimes wonder what Mary and Joseph learned, if you could get them alone for a moment, from the experience of the birth of Jesus. Our responsibility, I think, is just to be in this broken world with all of its edges and ledges and dangers, to live in this all-too-broken world. I do not have to back up from this ledge or edge I may see. And I am only called to be near as someone explores that space around them, ledges and all. I need to trust that most of the time I and other people will know how and when to turn around and how not to fall off as we examine this place in which we find ourselves. And we learn yet again to be present to now, to live with hope, to live in love, to live with Christ at the center of life. This is where I hope I stand. This is where I am sure I occasionally at least stand, and where I want to stand more often. So why am I here this night? Well, partly I'm the bishop and it's my job. I'm here because Nathan asked me. But really I'm here because this birth we celebrate tonight offers a way to be a a part of the healing of this broken world. So listen again as the angel speaks, not just to those shepherds, but to you and to me. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen.